The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's another Sunday night, Canada, and tonight we are talking to two of the most outspoken voices in comedy. We got one Canadian, one American. It's the Black Frost Report. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tuned in to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Hey, even if you're sitting in the back row, it's probably fine. Our producer, Vince Tedesco, is back in town. Okay, Vince, we'll do a, a, a wrap up here. You just came back from LA. Recap on the vacay, yeah, back from LA. And what did you see? Who did you see out there? Well, no, there a lot of comedy shows out there. The store, obviously, Laugh Factory. Uh, a lot Mar- of people who used to live here trying to get into those a lot, places. A lot of people, a lot of Canadian comics hanging out in Los Angeles, California. Also got a chance to see the back end of the Evil Eye comedy tour. Shout out to Mr. Frank Sparone and Angelo Tsaroukas yeah. uh, killed it there at the, uh, I can't remember the name of the theater, but it was a sellout. Uh, but yeah, I got to, I met up with uh, Mindy Rickles. Yeah. Don Rickles' daughter who that? hosts the show at the Laugh Factory. Uh, very interesting concept. Interview with one celebrity guest and then a stand-up show afterwards, but got a, ta- uh, got a chance to chit-chat with her after the show, so... Look for that in the upcoming episodes. There you go. We'll get we'll get we'll get Mindy Rickles on. You were in LA having a great time. I was just here in Toronto getting sick. Now I have it's not the coronavirus. Not you have to, everyone stay calm. Yes. Everywhere you go now, you have to if you cough or something, you have to be like, it's just a cold. Yep. Just this a is cold. the time of year that it's supposed to happen. But anyways, so we have a special guest later on in the show. We have uh, Lewis Black joining us later Woo! on. But more importantly, first up, we have a returning friend of the show with a brand Woo! new album. Ladies and gentlemen, Darren Frost is back in studio. I am here, and I've brought the HIV. I don't have the yeah. coronavirus either. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm trying to. You can't even shake people's hands now. No, Darren. it's all the the elbow bump and all that. It's the elbow bump. Yeah. That's that's about it, yeah. I love how you guys started with Public Enemy and then went with the whitest music ever with ACDC. Maybe a little ABBA next and then some uh, Grand Funk Railroad? Wait, just wait, Derek, because we've got like Loretta Lynn later on in the oh, show and Conway sweet. Twitty. It gets very American later on, but I, not I, for your part. I can't wait for Anthrax and Indigo Girls <laughs> go together and do a song together. I don't even think we could play Anthrax right now. Uh, but of course, your new album, Story Yelling. Yes. This is number seven for you. My seventh official release, yes. I've actually released eight, but one was kind of like a bootleg type thing so it's my seventh official solo release and even a few years ago we were talking to you about you you released this massive box set at the time of it was like 25 plus hours of your career in comedy so you have the biggest independent comedy album uh catalog 
in in this country. Yes, next to say. Ron James, who uh, did some stuff with the CBC. I'm the largest independent uh, comic in Canada, for sure. And this is the interesting, and I was talking to you before the show, and I've talked to you about this before, but of course, you know, you're part of this generation of comics that people like me and, and hopefully now some of the even newer comics would have grown up watching. You know, we'd, we'd see you at the club, we'd see you on TV doing the right. galas and all this stuff. But out of that group of comics, out of that generation of Canadian stand-ups, you were one of a very, very small few who decide, who figured out early on that the way to go about this was, yes, take the corporate gigs, take the club gigs, etc. But you figured out a way to sort of sidestep the gatekeepers and just start producing your own stuff and sort of carving your own way. Yeah, I mean, there's a few reasons. One, I have a background in marketing, so I knew for longevity reasons I had to figure out a way to make a little bit more money because the ceiling in Canada is very low. Yeah. That's right out of the gate. And also to have some control over my career, I said, look, you can't wait for the phone to ring. My generation was the last generation really who kind of still believed in the phone's going to ring. Everyone yeah. after me believed that phone ain't going to ring unless I'm going to make it to ring. So you've got all these young guns and hustlers now which know that they're only going to make it ring if they do the work. Mine was the last generation, so there was a little bit of a... There's a few of us that kind of did it, but I'm still the one one kind of last man standing doing it. Well, and the interesting thing is, the industry now, the the newer comics now, and I'm talking brand, brand new comics right. coming up now, it almost turned on its head in a way where that's the approach everybody is taking. Everybody's going, well, I'm going to just be my own PR machine. I'm going to do my own tour, do my own sure. album, do my own blah, blah, blah. And the industry kind of had to catch up to that in a way and go... Let's tap into this. Whereas before, you guys were doing it as a way to sidestep that. Yeah, there was only one way to go. You did the clubs, you got a little bit bigger, and then you go and do a festival, you get a little bit bigger. Now that's gone. The internet, in some ways great, some ways not great. I'm sure we'll talk about that. It now is a bit of a more of a level playing field where you don't have to wait for gatekeepers anymore. You can become your own gatekeeper with content and all these different ways. But you know what? I'm 49. I'm tired. I don't want to have to worry about Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. There's just too many of them. But the young guns, they have it down and, you know, more power to them. And there's something interesting I want to touch on with that. We'll come back with more Darren Frost right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Everybody, this is little Darren Frost, and they want me to call you f**kies for a reason. Check that out. This is Inside Jokes with Dean. 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 Say it three times. It's more important. Welcome back, Canada. You are tuned in to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We are one-on-one in studio with Darren Frost. New album, Story Yelling, out now. Uh, before the break, Darren, we were touching a little bit on, you know, I guess it's a double-edged sword because the current generation of comics figured out a way how to independently produce their own stuff. Yes. But also, I think the flip side of that coin is a lot of this stuff exists on social media. A lot of this stuff is on, you know, digital platforms 
it's it's almost a little too easy now for somebody who's just stepping into the game and just stepping into open mics to sort of be their own PR machine and just go, this is it. I'm producing comedy. I'm the next best thing. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's probably 40 releases last week yeah. in comedy, yeah. right? There's probably four that I competed with and, you know, I eventually got to number one on my debut week, but that's 40 I'm, I'm competing against, whereas before there wasn't that. And also... When I said before about all that time it takes to do Twitter and all that, where's the time for writing jokes? Because yeah. we only have one life to live, right? And if you want to have a life outside of comedy, which is important, because uh, the road is not my woman anymore, then, you know, where is it giving? Somewhere it's going to give, either in the material or the time that you do to promote it. You can't have three heads. And unless you can afford someone, and this is Canada, very few people can afford someone to do the social media for them. Yeah, and I think you come from a place where, and it took a long time to get here. You've been at this, you know, three decades and yes. counting. Yeah, where you know, when you're brand new in comedy, we've talked about this on the show before. It takes a lot of that first few years to sort of figure out who exactly you are on stage and what your voice yeah. is. Your life now is a lot different from when you started stand up. I mean, you've got kids to support. Way your- less controversial. I just want to live so I can help my kids live. Whereas the old Darren before kids, I was like, bring it. If I'm going to die tonight, then I'm yeah. dying I'm dying swinging. But it's not that way anymore. I'm 49. I'm slow. I'm fat. That's it. Well, and for you, I mean, and, and some people know this about you. Some people don't. When you're not on stage, when you're not out doing clubs and touring around and, and producing your own albums, you're making a living. You're doing voice work. You're, right. you're, you're out there in a few different forms. I'm a fine, upstanding citizen. <laughs> and you've figured yourself out because early on, and you and you don't shy away from this. No. Early on in your career, you were a much different flavor. There yeah, was a much was, different Darren Frost. I was a degenerate offstage and on. Yeah. I, I'm an open book. I, I I don't believe in hiding things like that. But, you know, you get age, comes with some wisdom, and you try not to make the same mistakes. And I'm 49, and I've been doing this almost 30 years, and you don't want to do the jokes a 19-year-old does when yeah. you're 49. You just don't. And if you do, that's sad. And maybe I'm just not that sad anymore. And for you, I mean, at this point, this is album number seven. You've released yeah. these box, especially the last few years. The last few years, you've especially been cranking out this sort of self-produced content. Yes, yes. I mean, honestly, if you were to decide tomorrow, eh, I'm done with stand-up, this is it, you could live comfortably enough not doing this, Yes, arguably, right? Yes, through so the what- cartoon work that I do. The reason I did the box set and the albums is mainly because of George Carlin, whereas he can sit there and he has a whole life on a shelf yeah. and in DVD form or CD form, and that's his whole career. You know, mine's on a little USB, but there's still a whole career there that's documented. I mean, I still have 100 mini-DV tapes of me being attacked and heckled and yelled at, and I might do something with that eventually yeah. when I have time, and then release some kind of bootleg, uh, you know, comeback thing or whatever. But, you know, I just always wanted to have proof of what I've done because what I found in this business is they can put you down they can tell you you're not funny but they can never take away my accomplishments and that's the number one thing I try to tell any young comic yeah nobody can ever take away your accomplishments and make sure you know that yeah and it's a legacy thing it's at the end of the day you can go look I did all this stuff here's here's my career what fuels you now to keep doing this new stuff I mean, to keep going out there and writing material, and your voice is your voice. You're, you've been this this incarnation of Darren Frost for quite some time. But for you to go out there and keep on doing material and keep hitting the stage, what's the driving force behind that for you now? Because I always say to any comic or anyone in the business, what's the reason you got started in this? What's yeah. the number one reason? A lot of people, they get away from that with fame, success, whatever. And my reason was to scream at the world my screwed up thoughts, and that's why I'm still going to keep producing albums. They may not come out as regular, but once I feel like I have enough of that to put out, I'm going to put it out. Because that's what I fell in love with this business. Any given Sunday, I'm not the funniest comic. you got to keep throwing it, and you got to keep trying. 
thing. And that's what I'm addicted to. I'm not addicted to the, the outside of the show or off stage. That's yeah. why on stage, I try to bring it every time. Off stage, I try not to bring it anymore. I'm just Darren. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, having known you over the years and having seen you in the green room, you just kind of go do your thing, right? Keep about your business, and I, I think you've j- people are into scared of me. People are scared of me. You know, yeah, there's yeah. always people that young comics are like they think I'm going to bite their face or they think I'm going to you know jump on top of them and scream and attack people, but I don't. You know, off stage it's off stage. On stage, that's my place. I get to say whatever I want under my rules, no one else's rules. That's also why I one of the first comics that put out warnings on shows in Canada. I put no refunds. You will be offended. Yeah. You like it? Great. If you don't get out which i think there's something to touch on there we're going to come back with more darren frost right here on inside jokes yo this is white wine young riesling you're tuned in to am 640 inside jokes Jokes. baby Yeah, welcome back, Canada. You are tuned into Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, coast to coast, Canada wide on the Global News Radio Network, brought to you by our good friends at Akeem Optical. I'm not even going to attempt the jingle this week. My voice is going. I'm doing them a favor. We have Darren Frost in studio. New album, Story Yelling, is out now. The one thing that's interesting, Darren, I want to sort of pick your brain on. We have Lewis Black joining us in the in the show right, later on. Right. Uh, also has you know carved out a career for himself, being a very sort of loud, blunt instrument, very outspoken. And he only blossomed in his fifties. Right? He he really did. He came along. I don't mean that. I don't mean that artistically. I mean just everyone kind of catching up with him. He didn't really get success till his fifties. Totally. And it was more actually the current generation. It was yes. people started you know knowing him from from of course the Daily Show and and a lot of this political punditry that he's sort of more well known for now. You're also a comic who's very well known for being an outspoken critic of all things around you. But you come at it from, you know, for Lewis, it's all about here's the politics around me. Here's pop culture around me. For you, it comes from your own sort of personal viewpoint. A lot of your material is about your own life, especially now. You have kids, you're married. For you, how much are you, you know, when you're writing new material and you're going out on stage, you're doing a new album. How much are you influenced by the outside world around you right now? You know, in past albums, it was a lot of world events and current events, and I would say my kind of screwed up ideas on them, and I would get attacked, or I would get hurt, or I would get, you know, punched, and I want to live. So I (laughs) kind of started pointing the gun inward, you know, a little bit, as Doug Stanhope would say, and and do more stuff about my own life, because then people can't really get that upset if I talk about things that are happening to me in my life, because then it's my perspective. But if I start doing my anti-Trump material, people get upset, and I still have that material. I just try and don't have to do 45 minutes in a row of it anymore I'll just do 5 minutes here and there tap dance a little bit and then get out and do a little bit of my kids stuff because you know like I said it's it's about longevity now it's about staying in the game and you know there are comics that generally do politics better than me yeah. but they don't do it from my point of view so if I can get my point of view out for a couple minutes a show that's what I do and I think one very interesting thing about you and I mean not a lot of comics especially in this country can claim this is that you know a lot of these brand new comics that open mics and stuff know of you they might see you out there and right. they they sort of keep 
keep their guard around you because they think, well, this is this pissed off guy that's right. known for. But I think a lot of people don't really have maybe as much love of the game as you do because you've been at it this long. You're still cranking this stuff out. You've been dragged through a lot of bullshit over the sure, years. You've seen the industry stuff. You've seen people yes. come and go. But you still come back at it with the same level of intensity you ever have. I still love stand-up comedy. I always will, even if I slow down in the dates that I do. But what I've always loved is finding a young comic that other people aren't kind of propping up, and I know that they should be. So I've done that all my career. I'm not saying this just so I get a pat on the back, but I literally did. I, you know, from comics like Kathleen McGee out west, uh, Bobby Mayer here in Ontario, now lives in, uh, in, in London, England. Yeah. I would find a comic that was so funny that the audience just wasn't there yet and I tried to tell them that that's what happened to me it took me years to really find my voice and put it across in a way that every audience can understand and maybe they'll get there maybe they don't but I still love that I still love a young comic throwing something where I'm like whoa I wish I wrote that joke and there's only one way of doing that and going and seeing live I can sit on my couch and watch YouTube clips of someone destroying a heckler which I'm so tired of these destroying heckler videos they're so lame and I'm not even a big fan of roast uh, shows that much anymore because it starts to become very predictable but when I can find a young comic throwing something interesting that ignites my fire and I think for comics out there working with, you know, that is the one nice thing about Canada is you do get to work with comics that you grew up watching and all. For sure. You, we have access to you guys. Yes. You know, it's a small industry. It's a small pool. But I think comics will take away so much more from that, from a comic that they that they know of and they grew up watching, coming up to them and offering some sort of guidance and some sort of honest feedback than they will just sitting at home watching Bill Burr specials. Yeah, I mean, going, I've, I been, be that guy. I've been there when Kenny Robinson's went up to a young comic and said something, and then they came up to me and they said, I can't believe Kenny Robinson just said that to me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Kenny loves the game. Kenny knows how hard it is. He's been in it over 40 years. You know, it's not an easy game. I'm not saying that, oh, it's sad, Darren. It's just the reality yeah. of any business, of any job. It becomes a job, and how long can you keep doing it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what it comes down to is you still have to have that love to go out there right. and, and tackle it. For you, I mean, this is album number seven. You have the box that you've released basically your entire career up to this point yes. with maybe some of the bootlegs and stuff that you have kicking around at home. 10, 20, 30 years from now, when people go back and look at Darren Frost, the comic, what do you, what do you want your one standout to be that set you aside from the pack? That, you know what, love me or hate me, you're never going to forget it. That's what I always say at the end of any show, and that's reality. I have people still coming up to me going, I was at that show, and you were not that good that night. I'm like, well, you remembered it, didn't you? Yeah. I'm like, there's so many things that you don't know that's going on with the show that I can't control. All I can control is whether I'm in the zone or not, and whether I'm bombing or killing, I know when I'm in the zone. And when I'm bombing and I'm in the zone, it's just as fun. And I think you are... It's just as fun. And that's how aware you are of what you are on stage. I mean, that's... Your your voice is your voice. That's I mean, on it. my box set, I have a full sets of me bombing in front of 40 people. Yeah. <laughs> and people are so degenerate. They'll buy my box set. They're like, look, we watched your special. But that one set where you bombed, that was hilarious. I said, yeah, because you're past the bells and whistles now. Yeah. Now you're seeing what reality actually is in this business. And that's what you're excited for. That's why reality TV is big. You want something real. You want me to prop it up where I perform to 40 people in a little place and they all love me and it's going to be great. Yeah. Go find some other content. 
comic. You're going to find great things and you're going to find shitty things, but the shitty is just as good as the great. And I think that's one of the beautiful things is, I mean, even when you were, you know, early on in your career, when you were goofy, Darren, yeah. you, you could easily bury that because you are a completely different animal now. And this is what you've really made your career out of. You could easily have swept that stuff under the rug, but you didn't. You go, eh, here's, this was part of the process. Man, you know? there's clips on YouTube. I'm still embarrassed. I can't even watch, but I watch every six months to keep my ego in check. If you put Darren Frost in YouTube and watch them with, with me in yeah. the funny pants and the outfits and a, a TV show actually called me Larry. And I didn't correct him because I just felt bad for him. So I was Larry for the whole thing. Like, how <laughs> sad is that that I wouldn't even correct a guy in my name? It's like, oh, I just want to make everyone happy. I'm not making anyone happy but myself now. <laughs> and that's it. I think that's what it takes. We're going to come back with more Darren Frost right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is Lewis Black, and you're listening to Inside Jokes, which is why it's funny, you idiot. <laughs> Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and, of course, coast-to-coast, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network. And we have a very special guest, actually, joining us on the line from uh, from New York right now, the infamous, the one and only Louis Black, who's coming here. Uh, he's going to be bringing his new tour, It Gets Better Every Day. We're going to find out if that's true at all, but he'll be bringing that tour to Vancouver at the Vogue Theatre March 22nd. Louis, welcome. Hello. So, I mean... <laughs> Obviously, you you've carved out a career off of being pissed off, for lack of a better term. There's certainly no no shortage of material for that right now. But one thing I wanted to sort of get into with you is, you know, I remember even in my own in my college days during you know the George W. Bush era, it was really guys like you and Stewart and Bill Maher who were some of the very few comedians who were sort of leading the pack on actually dissent really and talking about what was happening and bringing it to the stage and we sort of thought like thank god for comics like these who are ripping this stuff wide open how important do you think that is now with what's going on because back then we kind of thought well things could never possibly get any crazier than this well you know now you just kind of uh, i don't even know the fact that we're (laughs) that we still even discuss that a comic is the is somehow like uh you know, moving the, uh, making it, you know, getting out the, the information. That's appalling. I know. I'm not wearing a stethoscope around my neck. <laughs> it's tr- it's like- really, no, it is unbelievable. It's just staggering. But, uh, but in a lot of ways, you know, I mean, it, uh, you know, it's, we, we can only do so much. All we can do, I, in the end, though, it's like all we really do, I think, as, as comedians is, is give people a moment to stand back and look at the madness and go, this is, uh, I am not a part of this insanity, and uh, we can do better. And for you, I mean, obviously, that's your whole standpoint, and that's your whole voice as a comic has been, you know, you're this sort of cultural cr- critic, you're your political critic. Is Does that feel, I mean, with the intensity of all the stuff that's going on right now, does that still drive you, or does that feel like a bit of an albatross sometimes? Well, you know, what, what, what felt like an albatross was trying to find a way to lighten it up yeah. so that you could get 
people, you know, away from, you know, looking, you know, it's kind of like going, it's like telling people, stop looking at the sun, okay? (laughs) There's an eclipse, stop looking directly at the sun. Yeah. Look over here, and then we can get back to the sun. And it kind of was that, and it took a while to figure that out. Also, you know, I had an audience here, you know, I played up there a fair amount during this time period, too. Yeah. Um, which made it easier because it's always been easier coming up there because you already know what the joke is. These schmucks, I got to explain what the joke is. The, you know, the, the, the problem here was is that uh, I would do the show and people would come up afterwards and go, at times, you, you said you talk too much about him or you didn't talk enough about him. I tell you, I've never experienced that. I've talked about all of these presidents. I don't like any of them. Yeah. I'm not big on authority figures. But to have them actually say that to me, I go, what is the matter with you people? Well, and I mean, for you, and I mean, that's the the genius of it is just sort of, you could have a great president in the White House right now. For you, you just have to sort of roll with what you're given. You take what you're given and, you know, your job is to step back and and sort of pull it apart for people. Well, and also in in this, you know, when when Bush left office, people said, what are you going to do now? I go, you you think because George Bush is out of office that somehow stupidity fled the country. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And you I know, mean, it doesn't. It always, you know, it's like whack a mole. You guys got the same thing. You go, okay, we got rid of that, and then two of them pop up. We do. I mean, we had, you know, it, it, the, that's the funny thing, actually, Lewis. I'm sure you notice this playing for Canadian audiences. We we do. We have sort of this bad habit, especially right now, of pointing our fingers at the states and going, "Oh my God, look at how ridiculous this is." But we have our own things. We had our world famous, you know, crack smoking mayor and all this stuff. Like, yeah, our closet isn't clean either, right? No, he was spectacular. Yeah, I was trying to get a trade up for him. <laughs> trade one of our mayors just to bring him down here. Yeah, I mean, we have, we have like, the Disney Prince Prime Minister right now. That's about yeah, it, though. Yeah, really. No, but it's still, it's a lot more lucid there. You know, it's a lot more kind of like, oh, we're going to at least make the attempt. We just don't even, we kind of go, no, we're not going to try. Uh, we don't know how to do, you know, it's like, ooh, you know, we kind of could like to figure out how to help people, but that, that requires math. Boo, boy, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> well, yeah. Fucks. And for us, it's cathartic, too, because, I mean, Canadian comics, we're very sort of self-deprecating. But when we look at what's going on in the States right now, it's sort of, you know, it's that whole thing about you get the the whole neighbor that moves in and you're just worried about your own property value all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, look, it took three years for me to realize this. And I, I was stunned when it was, when it was finally when he was up there talking about the virus. And I went, you know, how did this escape me? His face is orange. <laughs> I'm listening to someone whose face is orange. Are are we serious? That he went through a series of debates with these people, and he would say things to them, and not one of them turned to him and went, I can't hear you. Your face is orange. <laughs> Even these jackasses from, the, you know, Pelosi comes out. These people come out after a meeting with him, you know, and, they, and, it's, and then they try to give him some sort of credence. Don't! Just go, I would have liked to have listened to him, but his face, it's orange. (laughs) They didn't, look, you've got to realize, part of the reason he was elected, in part, in part, was because people, you know, had trouble with a black president, 
And many people thought, some people thought, that he came from another country, right? Yeah. His face is orange, <laughs> which should mean, can't we ask what planet he might be from? <laughs> and it makes him really hard to ignore, which unfortunately, that's that's what he entirely feeds off of. And we'll be back with more Lewis Black right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, I'm Adam Grow, the Cash Cab Guy, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, Canada-wide, coast-to-coast on the Global News Radio Network. We are back in studio with the one and only Lewis Black. So your new tour, it gets better every day. You're coming here to uh, Vancouver to the Vogue on March 22nd. Yes. Really really quick before we let you go, Lewis, what's, what's a little bit of what this new tour is about? Uh, it's about, you know, all the things, you know, happy, upbeat, you know, big giant unicorns on stage, all the things that make the kids happy. <laughs> Magic tricks. No, it's basically, um, I kind of, you know, I kind of show people just why they really should be happy. And it's really twisted. And I also talk about my parents and living with older parents. Because now it's gone even, you know, everywhere across the world. People are living longer and longer. My, my mother's 101. Oh, wow. My father passed away at 101 in May. That means there's a good chance I'm a reptile. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's kind of along those lines about what that's like and, 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 and talking to them. And my, and my mother's saying things like, you know, at her 100th birthday, literally yelling, nobody should live this long. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some people don't feel like it now. I don't know. How optimistic are you about things to come? I think, we're, I think the pendulum swings. It always does. It'll swing back. People generally are really people. I believe in people. Yeah. I don't believe in politicians. I don't believe in people who think that they can lead. Or people who, um, you know, who, uh, you know, I think, you know, I think we will return to a time of real service. I do. It, it will take time. It'll take, uh, and it'll, it'll take more time than we imagine. But it, it will, you know, uh, this too shall pass. I think so too. I mean, I think it's it's sort of defeatist to go. Well, this is it. This is the end of everything. I mean, it, no, it's, it's not. There, yeah. you know, there are too many people out there who care. Most people. If you asked them what they wanted for their families, and you asked them and you said, list five things, they agree on everything. It's just a matter of everybody settling down. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I mean, as absurd as things might be now, that just leaves more room for things to come back around. When, when that happens, who knows? But, you know, we'll, and we'll wait you, and see. One thing that gives, uh, gives me great joy, and it's gotten me through, first for a long time during the just after as Bush was around and kind of through that period, you know, or later was the Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. Who I discovered and spent some time with the guys. And then uh, now Letterkenny. 
Oh, fantastic. Yeah, some friends of this show for sure on there. They are on there. It's it's some of the most brilliant stuff I've seen on television. It's just terrific to watch. Well, you know, and it's funny because some Canadians look at that stuff and they go, well, that's that's not representative of all of us. But who cares? I mean, it's 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 fun. It's well written. It's I don't watch it as representative. I don't go. Oh, boy, what a Canadian show. Because it's funny. <laughs> exactly. What, what a concept. What kind of a schmuck. I mean, they're, they're, they, you know, they do wordplay that's spectacular. You know, they have discussions and things. You go, I can't believe they're discussing this. And I think, you know what, people almost lose sight of that right now. It's what a concept that comedy at the end of the day should just be funny. I think yeah, there's... No, exactly. You know? It's really special because of it, too. I mean, we sit, we sit on, uh, you know, we sit down on my, I'm lucky because I have a tour bus and that's how I've been able to pull this nonsense off. And, uh, and at the end of the day, and we all sit there and turn that on and laugh, just, just laugh. That's an excellent plug for those guys over at Letterkenny for sure. They're going to love that. Lewis Black, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to coming to Vancouver. And we Just will catch across the border. Just <laughs> getting across the border. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. I think we'll we'll catch you at it. Gets better every day. That tour is coming March twenty second to the Vogue here in Vancouver. And thanks again to Lewis Black for joining us. We'll be right back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio six forty Toronto. Hey, this is Alan Park, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Now, back to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back, Toronto. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 and, of course, coast-to-coast, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network. We're back to the angry music now. That might mean we're back in studio with Darren Frost. Yes. We have. So you have your brand new album is out now, Story Yelling. So where did you you record this thing? We recorded this in downtown Toronto in January. Uh, It is probably my harshest album of all seven. (laughs) And in fact, one clip, it took 15 years to get going. I started a joke 15 years ago, and it was like a Rubik's Cube in my head, and it took me 15 long years to finally get the story to work to a level where it can be released. Do you still have stuff? I mean, the the volume of, I mean, seven albums and the box sets and all that. Do you still have jokes now? I mean, everybody gets tired of something after a while, but do you still have stuff that you've committed to tape and you go, ah, oh, I still can retag that. I still want to rework yes. that. Yes. And sometimes, so I did an album with Kenny Robinson called Rank and Vile Uncomfortable Truths. There is two tracks from that album that are on this album, but I do much better on this album because I knew that I, there was something I still needed to do on two of the yeah. tracks. So, you know, I put it out there on this album. But yeah, there's always something. And so like it took 15 years for that one bit. Like many times, Kenny took me aside, please drop this bit. Yeah. Audiences hate you for it, Darren. They actually like you until you start talking about this story. And I'm like, I can't. I can't stop it. It's my problem. And now I 
got to the place where even Kenny's like, it's good that you did that bit. There you go. You stuck to your guns, which yeah. if, if anything else, Canadian comics do know you for that. That right. is for sure. Yeah. So where can we get uh, story yelling? You can get it on iTunes and Google Play, anywhere you download your stuff. And then for the next two weeks, actually up until, yeah, for the next two weeks after this recording, if you buy it or download it and send me a uh, link through my website, comedyhorror.com, yeah. I will send you a full free DVD download of the show. Beautiful, beautiful. So go to comedyhorror.com. And where can we see you coming up, Darren? Uh, I'm going to be at Yuck Yucks in Burlington on March 27, 28. And then on uh, April 3rd and 4th, I will be in Oshawa at Yuck Yucks. And in the West, I will be in, uh, in the fall. So just check out comedyhorror.com for my dates. Beautiful. Darren Frost, thanks again. Hit up comedyhorror.com. And of course, you can download Story Yelling. It's available now on all online platforms. Thank you again to Lewis Black. We'll be back next week with more Inside Jokes. And don't forget, you can join us streaming online on global news radio for all our episodes season four and beyond that's our show we'll be back next week hi this is alicia carusi and you're listening to my aunt sandra carusi's comedy rx this week featuring lewis black hello mr black my husband and i are on our way to your show tonight we're staying at a hotel in williamsport and it's our first time away without the kids in damn near 17 years I remind my 17-year-old daughter this morning that her dad and I are going away, and she freaks the f*** out. I mean, turns into a complete crying asshole. She's f***ing 17! The kid should be ecstatic that she has the house to herself, but no, instead she's in my bedroom pitching a total f***ing fit that we're leaving and having a nice evening to ourselves. Now I'm totally disgusted with her. Her dad and I do everything with her and her brother and mine. She's put me in a total mood. After my own mild freakout on her, she finally tells me which particular bug has decided to make its way up her ass and raise a family there. She yells through tears, mind you. You and dad are gonna have sex and it's so disgusting. (laughs) And it's so disgusting. Wow, to hear your daughter say it. Wowie, wow, wow. I mean, that's a thought kids have. They don't (laughs) Then she says, I have nightmares about it. Lewis, what the I told her that it was none of her f***ing business and asked her how she thinks she got here. (laughs) Apparently her dad and I traumatized her when she could hear us through the wall while we were on vacation two years ago. And ever since then, she's been the biggest blocker I've ever met. Every time she gets a little suspicious that something might happen between her dad and I, she won't let us alone to make sure to interrupt the moment. Frequently! What the hell am I going to do? Any advice you have for me would be great. No, thanks for your time. No, no, thanks for your time. My, my advice is um, she's got a place to live now. You don't have to go home. <laughs> this is, I read something like this, because every so often I, I have that moment where I go, did I make a mistake not having children? And then I read this. Because everybody I'm, 
everybody that I work with, my entire staff of people that I work with, every one of them has kids, and they talk about their kids and show pictures to their kids. You know, and I have, I have no children. Uh, and, uh, and I think, oh, how sad. And, and tonight, tonight you've made me feel great. <laughs> The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.